Do you talk with your pets? Do you know what they are trying to tell you? I've been communicating with animals since I was four years old, and what I've consistently witnessed is our animals want to be part of our everyday conversations and are extraordinary storytellers. Let me help you listen more deeply, a listening from your heart that opens all the doors to communication. What we learn from the animals helps us understand ourselves in a new way. On this episode, we explore walking our pets home and how to honor the journey of life as they cross over. The true love of an animal is something only the heart understands. When we are faced with losing an animal, we can feel helpless or inadequate. While end of life is a phase that can be challenging, it offers the opportunity to courageously love in the face of death. In our time together, I will share practical tools that I personally use to navigate the transition journey, as well as a wonderful heart healing practice that will help in any phase of life. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. Hello, um, wherever you are, it's either good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Glad to see you're coming in and joining us for this wonderful as always, wonderful gathering of friends. It's like we're all, whether we're new to the show or we're, we've been here before, um, there's a specific energy of this lovely, like-minded uh, group of animal lovers. And I'm always so grateful that you show up and uh, honored, actually, that the animals are, you know, guiding you here and um pulling us all together, right? It's all about what they're helping us learn in life. You know, the love and loss of an animal is, to me, one of the most profound experiences we can ever have. You know, sometimes, and maybe you would agree, even more profound than the loss of a human. You know, why is this? You know, I've, I've had many, many people uh, tell me that it, losing their animal, losing their pet has significantly affected their life more so than losing a member of their family. You know, I, I think for me, when I'm thinking about it, our animal companions offer us what humans don't, right? They offer us unconditional love. Um, and I've always felt we drop our defenses with them and we don't, we, you know, our heart walls drop uh, and we open up, you know, they're, they're there with us through the darkest times to the greatest celebrations. Uh, they're with us all the way through in the journey that they share with us. You know, so when they pass, it, it, the profound hole that's created uh, in our heart and our soul is uh, one that is sometimes very difficult to get through. Uh, and so there's this sacred trust. I always called it a sacred trust I had in animals. Uh, ever since I was a child, it was just natural to me. Um, and so, you know, it can't be duplicated, right? Uh, it's like the soulmate connection that we've always longed for, that once-in-a-lifetime experience that takes our breath away when it's gone, right? I think that's one of the hardest parts. And there's a book I love and I've shared other times and it's called, I've got it right here, The Five Invitations by Frank Oseski. And he's, I love it because it's about five invitations for us to, you know, the wisdom of that death teaches us in living our lives. But he's, his quote is, life and death are a package deal. You can't pull them apart. 
And I think that's so true, even though we tend to segregate in our uh, society actually tends to deny death. Even even now, even as we open up and we talk more and uh, we have grief groups or whatever, it's definitely uh, a segment of our particular culture, I think, that we were like, oh, that'll happen later, maybe not now. So, you know, while there are avenues for grief over losing human companions, there are often not so many places for us to go to grieve the loss of our pets. You know, how do we process that when we feel so alone? Um, and, you know, I, I, several of you wrote in and, you know, I, people who don't resonate with animals often can't understand the profound connection we've had. Uh, they will say things like, oh, just go get another one. Um, I'm, I, I pulled this from my webpage. Pamela had written in, it's disturbing to hear people say, oh, it's only a bird. It's only a dog. They were my children, not just animals. Oh, I, I tear up reading that because uh, they, you know, they don't usually with humans say, oh, go get another grandmother. It's fine. Go get another aunt. Oh, go get another mom or dad. So oftentimes the people who don't resonate, they don't have an understanding and we tend to judge what we don't understand. Uh, that's just human nature. So, you know, we limp off feeling isolated and alone, and we often suffer through the many stages that accompany the loss, especially if our companion has passed in a way that makes us question and doubt how we handled things. Um, we're left with so many questions, and I know I have experienced this in the myriad of passings that I've been uh, actually the privilege to be part of in, in the lives of the animals. Uh, ones that, you know, I've had questions that have tortured me for days, weeks, months. And so, and, and sometimes it goes even years where we're questioning, uh, why did that happen? I could have done this. You know, so I've spoken to so many clients that tell me that they see the last days, the moments before death over and over again, and they replay every vivid detail. And they ask questions like, for instance, do they forgive me? Um, should I have been with my pet when they passed? Did I do the right thing? Did I make the decision too soon? I've had that happen to me. Was I being selfish by deciding not to euthanize? So I don't know if any of you have had thoughts like that. If you have, I'd love for you to share them. These are by no means the all of them, right? Uh, what our minds come up with can be actually quite cruel because it leaves us in a hopeless place of not being able to move forward from second guessing everything. Grief is often overlayered by other losses and unprocessed emotions we've experienced, both human and animal. Uh, the grief, I know for me in experiencing some really difficult moments with humans and animals, you know, I could think I'm grieving over this, only it's everything else that is still in the hopper that comes up at the same time. And so it comes up to haunt our every move and it sucks the very air out of our lungs. So it's not an easy one, but it's one of the most profound emotions, the most profoundly complicated uh, emotions that we will ever go through that actually can reap the greatest growth 
for spiritual expansion and not that they we were going to go, you know, anything but kicking and screaming into grief. Nobody's going to say, oh, yeah, let's open the door to grief on that one. I am so ready. Bring it on. I doubt any of us on this show or anybody would would feel that way. Right. Uh, it's when it visits us, even unannounced, um, that unexpected visiting that we weren't ready for. Um, if we can move through it eventually and however long the process takes we're changed from then on and so my mentor and friend and i've you know mentioned her before sharon has this i've always loved this and she would always tell me tammy the experience of grief is a great gift you know for the heart that breaks is just opening again you think about let that set set in a little bit the experience of grief is a great gift Though, you know, we're not going to necessarily say that. <laughs> For the heart that breaks is just opening again. And I know so many of you have experienced that. And Greg um, has made a wonderful image that is similar to this for his Lucy. Um, that is the heart expanding, ever expanding over and over until it's there's no end to it. And, you know, I've always loved this communication from Shoji, um, Sharon's dear cat, after Shoji's passed and she was um, grieving, he communicated this over a series of days and other things. This is my sweet Sharon. She's from Mount Shasta. Um, a miracle of how I found her. That's a whole another story. Um, don't hold love back. Don't put conditions on it. Love now. Give all your love away in each moment. Don't be a love miser. Be a love fountain. And keep the door of your heart wide open. No heart walls. No heart walls allowed. The animals are always encouraging us. And so one of the most transformative times in our life that we can have is that aging and passing process, right? Facing that fear. Um, facing the fear of loss, period. You know, that particular facing holds the greatest potential and power for our own spiritual growth and transformation, which is what it's all about. Um, it's actually one of the gifts they give us as they assist us in their, this most important journey that we're all one day going to have to face. And, you know, if we look at how they face passings, it's a lot different than humans. And I'm continually amazed at the grace that they embody in that journey so you know how do we prepare for the impending loss of our animal companion in a way that's supportive to our friend but also supportive of our journey alongside them how do we do that how do we do that when we're knee deep in on the front line having to make choices or anticipating it ahead of time how how do we what are the tools we can use right so I want to share a story that Kat shared, like Kat and I experienced. Kat had an experience with uh, this little bunny and her, she and her dog Angel were outside and they uh, were, uh, you know, just outside looking around and Angel got very agitated and was trying to show her um, something. So she goes over and she sees this little nest of uh, baby rabbits and apparently the cats had gotten to two of them who were passed. And there was this tiny little 
bunny that was injured and was quivering and was so small um, that she picked the bunny up and, you know, Angel was so adamant that she see the bunny and get to it that she put the little bunny in uh, a, a blanket to try to warm him. And, uh, you know, as she shared with me, she's like, I, in the morning it was still alive and I was so surprised. Uh, but I didn't know what to do. I picked up the phone because I'm like, Oh my gosh, how do I get this bunny back to life? Uh, what do I do? What are, what are, what's bunny protocol? And so when she reached out, um, we, talked about it and uh, looked at the situation. And I asked her, you know, what are you, what are you feeling in this moment? Like, what are you observing in this little bunny? What actually is the current moment looking like? And so, you know, she shared that, you know, it's shivering or it's very, very cold. And so, you know, I, I gave her some practical ideas to help the little bunny all the while. <sighs> I guess helping her and I was feeling the bunny that it wasn't necessarily in an effort to save as much so as much as it was an effort to be present and compassionate, which, which cat is in spades. And so this little bunny um, got wrapped in warm towels and got put into a nest, which then later uh, the cat would call the warming nest, which I think that is so beautiful. Um and she said while she tended to this little bunny that Angel laid by there the whole time watching. And, you know, she warmed him. She was able to get him to take some warm fluid. And she said he laid there with his eyes closed for forever. His little paws were moving. You know how like little cats, that cats do the, the muffin thing. It was moving its little paws like it was out on its mother. Um, and she said while she was sitting with it and what I, she and I, talked about uh, and shared is just be be with the bunny you'll be guided be with the bunny we can do practical steps but it's even more important to be present so that we can have inspiration come to us because that's how it comes when we're present and so shortly after she was just with him quietly uh, his eyes opened and he looked directly at her and she said she spoke to him and let him know that she was there and would do anything he needed her to do. And she said, what I didn't know at the time is that it was, she named him Benjamin Bunny, which I think is absolutely so sweet. Um, it's, it was his way of thanking for taking the time to just be with her and care and love him or be with him. And he passed quietly shortly after. And so she said, when I look back at the experience, it was all I needed to be was the compassionate witness you know, bearing witness to another being, another soul, not being able to stop it, couldn't fix it, right? But just being there in that sacred moment to ensure that that being was not alone. And, you know, actually on that note, we're never alone. Even if you're not there when your animal passes, even if an animal passes, which I had Annie pass in her favorite spot and I found her there, um, their guides come. They're surrounded by their pals and nobody's ever alone, ever ever you know so cat says she carries the gift of that experience in her heart and so as as we approach this delicate subject of how do i navigate this um i, f I felt like that story was so poignant 
because there wasn't actually anything she could do to stop the process. Uh, did the practical things, you know, walked the journey with the bunny, which, you know, it's growth for us all. So, you know, there's so many practical ways that we can assist our animal companions who are in the transition process. Here are the few I use with my own animals. Today, I have several that are quite wobbly. Um, I do all of these and then some. So in all parts of what I'm getting ready to share with you, here's one thing I tell you. Use your intuition. Use your GPS system that is your intuition and your connection with your animal to guide you. So I always start wherever I am by relaxing, dropping my shoulders, because that tells my body, uh, okay, Tammy, heads up, we're going to relax, um, and breathe several deep breaths, because we don't breathe, we, we're shallow breathers. So step number one, definitely that always, and this is going to help you regardless of where you are in life. Um, bring your whole heart to the moment. I know that that may be difficult, but if we practice it in the good times, it's a lot easier when it's the stressful times. You know, use soft blankets for comfort and warmth. Those blankets can become precious heirlooms later. And feel what colors are needed. Colors make a difference. And actually, um, you'll find it'll be interesting to see what you gravitate toward. Play soft, soothing music. Sing lullabies or favorite songs from childhood or songs you have sung to your animals. Read sweet children's books to them. As if you're reading to a child, the energy is actually the same. Once about animal adventures are great. Tell them your favorite memories about your time with them. And use flower essences, which are great tools for transition and life changes for both humans and animals. And you can use this uh, if you look on greenhopefarmessences.com, uh, amazing company that is uh, a wonderful resource for flower essences. Um, and more things you can do, Renee, if you would put up the next slide, is spend quiet time with them. That's good for you, too. Share special photos with them, your favorites, and thank them for the many gifts they've given you. Name them out loud. Tell them what legacy they'll leave that will live on after they've passed. Put your hand on their body to feel their breathing and heartbeat. And notice your own. Your breathing and heartbeat will become one. It's a very sacred experience when that happens. And the, you know, the, other, the last thing I would mention, um, be a compassionate witness. It allows life to enter the dying process in a poignantly beautiful way. And so what you may say to me is, well, Tammy, I wasn't there with them and I couldn't do all those things. And now it's too late. It's never too late ever. They hear you after they've passed. It's still as important then as it, it could have been when you were with them. You can't mess this up. And what you'll find is every one of these steps, you'll feel that connection. You'll feel the connection. And that will be your validation that it's actually live, that Tammy just wasn't telling me this. It's real. So, you know, as I've shared, a big part of my life's journey has been learning about life, death, and loss with humans and animals. And I've accompanied many, many, many to the Rainbow Bridge in a myriad of different ways, myriad of different scenarios, some that I was there for, some that I wasn't, some that were tragic suddenly, and some that were, uh, I was able to take every step. And I 
really have a respect for the way life and death operate and it's not all about what my part in it was right we tend to make it that way but the practice i'm about to share with you is one the animals have taught me and they have really impressed on me to pass it on right now in the show for you all to take it and and use it's a gift from them to all of us really and they say it's needed now more than ever and so if you love people or animals you're going to experience loss isn't that something we all share um, the beauty of this practice I'm about to give you is it can be done at any stage of life. If you begin practicing this now, it will be easily accessible when you need it the most. And so the animals say, and they've told me, and Renee, if you'd put up that slide because they were like, put that up, Tammy. Um, don't wait until the time comes. The time is now always. So the animals have helped me with this, entitled this heart. Easy for us to remember, right? So H would stand for here. E is embrace. A is accept. R is reflect. And T is touch. So it's heart for healing. That's what this is. So what is here? You're like, Tammy, I know what here is. Um, it's a listening from the heart that opens all the doors to communication. So when we open our hearts, we're actually able to hear what's being communicated, not just like literally auditorily, but coming from your intuition, coming from those psychic channels that you're all opening up on. And um, we can hear, but do we really listen? You know, do we listen to what our animals need? A uh, cat had to actually slow down with that bunny because there was panic. How do I help him? It's going to pass. She actually had to slow down to just be with the bunny. And it can almost seem like well, we're supposed to do something. That is the doing. The being is the doing. So often we think our animals can't hear us. But the truth is, they're always aware of what we're saying and feeling, even if they're sleeping or seemingly unconscious. Listening from our hearts opens all the doors to communication. The heart is always listening so two or part of the word would be embrace and these are going to be easier for you to remember opening to every moment no matter what it looks like allows us to fully embrace life as it happens now i know what you're saying how are we supposed to do that you got to be kidding me i don't like the moment but opening ourselves allows us to open to what Frank Oseski would say, you know, welcome everything, push away nothing. Bring your whole self to the experience. And I don't know about you, but I have to remind myself several times a day possibly uh, of this because when our animals are aging, going through the transition process, this can be one of the most challenging aspects, but also one of the most informative and the most transformative you know, I'm also always reminded when I think of embracing of Byron Katie's quote about arguing with reality and how we only, you know, we suffer 100% of the time when we do. We're the ones that suffer when we argue. So, you know, while embracing it can sometimes take <clears throat> great courage, it yields 
immediate benefits, immediate in the moment benefits. Um, so if we look at the A in heart, it's accept. Again, you got to be kidding me, Tammy, right? I got to come to a place within myself to accept the situation for what it is without trying to change it. Yeah. But it allows for a spiritual connection with our animal companions. It really actually, it's a facing what is without judgment, uh, fully taking in of all the aspects of the situation, including whatever emotions are present. So it's easy to distract ourselves when we're in this space of the the passing or the impending passing to distract ourselves with how many of us have have done that right distract ourselves running around searching for cures and answers um we're the healers the fixers we're the problem solvers uh, but often we miss the very process itself by placing our ideas about what it should be in the place of simply being with the animal and perhaps seeing from their perspective you know it's, it can be the do something can be a slippery slope, right? It has for me. I know Kat says it was for her that do something. Yes, I got to do something to stop what's happening until she relaxed into the moment of realizing, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be in this place of acceptance and honoring. And so if we can practice this peace in us, it takes this fighting our way through things uh, out of our lives and you know as far as doing something i just wanted to make a note about vets and and things like that of course right do what you need to do vet wise we all do that we take the necessary steps you know sometimes that means reaching for vet help but right action if i call it that it comes from a space of acceptance if we accept the animal as he or she is we get open to guidance. We actually get shown what steps to take. Practical steps, I'm all about those. Uh, in the moment, it can deepen our spiritual connection with the animal and the process itself. And so the last part, um, or not the last, one of the last is reflect. Reflecting or pausing in the middle of chaos is one of the greatest gifts we can offer our animal companion. <sighs> Finding a calm space in the middle of the storm. Again, it's something we have to consciously remember to do, to pause. But in that pausing, we actually can see the, see the being that's right in front of us. And a lot of time, we can't reflect until after. We see things we call that hindsight. But it's a rich ground for us to process our loss. And again, another one of the five invitations from Frank is find a place of rest in the middle of things. It's, it's that calm in the middle of the storm, uh, allowing ourselves to breathe in the midst of chaos. It's huge. You know, it may only be there for a second, but the effects of it reverberate out. So even if the reflections are painful and realize that they're actually serving a purpose as you awaken to what the animals see in you, they, you're the diamond light of your own, own soul. And so the last one is touch. We were mentioning this earlier in the show. Touching our loved one conveys love without words. Healing without intervention. We all know how to do that. And animals, are they, they love being touched, whether it's a hug or a, 
uh, a soft hand, a touch on the shoulder of someone who's in pain, cuddling next to an animal as they sleep, feeling their heartbeat alongside ours allows us the opportunity within the moment to instantly heal and transform. Um, Sharon shared a wonderful book with me called The Magic of Touch by Annie and Victor Reinhardt. And it's all about the healing effects of animal touch and animal presence. And so, you know, what we're talking about here is like that physical touch. But I think you would agree is I've shared with you and you've shared with me on, on this show and many times in, in sessions, you get touched by events, right? You get changed, you get moved. And, and one of my favorite, my Angelo quotes is, you know, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So for the animals, you will always remember the touch in your life from that sweet spirit. Always. So, it's one of the easiest ways, I think, if we're trying to remember everything, like, what did Tammy say to do in a moment? What did she say again? Um, we all got the touch thing going. So, uh, you know, if you if you think you've got the heart and if you break it down and, and you just embody one aspect of it, just know that you're healing. You're healing. You're healing the situation. You're soothing things. Um, and the, the beauty of this heart practice is... It can be used at any stage of life, whether you were able to be with them or it happened when you weren't there, whether it was a peaceful passing or a tragic ending. This heart practice can be used at any stage of life and actually is a gift from the animals as they assist us in our own spiritual expansion. And it's not about getting something right or getting something wrong with the animals. It's about practicing this journey of opening up to life, opening up to the wisdom that they have to share with us. Well, I appreciate everything and all you do when you come to the show and you share your precious babies with me. And so if the shows have helped, then the animals are so proud of that. And they're loving what we're all doing together going forward. So let's always keep our conversation with us and the animals going and I will see you next time you've been listening to Tammy Soul Speak for Animals podcast remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel Tammy Soul Speak for Animals and like my Facebook page Soul Speak with Tammy Hendricks and if you want more information please visit my website at TammyHendricks.com thank you for joining me as we change the way we communicate with animals and each other one conversation at a time.